Oh. <laughs> hey, pals. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> hey, buddy. I don't have popcorn pussy. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Want to talk about God now? Let's do it. Hey, buddies. Welcome Welcome to to the the Bible Bible study. study. The only time where the terms God and stoned actually lead to a good time. If you haven't listened before, awesome. We are a couple of former Christians. And what we like to do here is hash out what more realistically could be happening in these Bible stories. And ultimately what these characters might have been experiencing while living through all of this. Because we still know that there are great spiritual takeaways in this big book. But those have been muddled in way too much dogma for 2,000 years now. So, feel free to get your Bibles out, follow along. Or like in church, just listen and take our word as fact. Her name's Mary, my name's Justin. Now that that's out of the way. We're going to start our study by looking to a popular daily devotional Bible study called Experiencing God. Written by Henry Blackaby, Richard Blackaby, and Claude King. Um, yeah. This is Unit 1, Day 4. God Works Through His Servants, Part 1. Mmm, alright. Let's see. You cannot stay the way you are and go with God. Uh, We often act as though God tells us what he wants us to do, and then sends us off by ourselves to try and do it. Then anytime we need him, we can call on him, and he comes to help us. That is not the biblical picture. When God is about to do something, he reveals it to his people. He wants to accomplish his work through his people or his servant. When God is about to do something through you, he has to get you from where you are to where he is. So he tells you what he is doing. What? This is... <sighs> I, I feel like I didn't follow that very well. Now he's like, he is revealing a lot to people. When he wants to do something and then it's all like he's not going to reveal anything that's why i'm confused yeah that's why i, I didn't follow <laughs> i know that's why i'm not following either hmm. let's see well parentheses later i will help you understand how you can clearly know when god is speaking to you i want to know shouldn't that be like lesson number one if like no lesson number one is learn how to properly do my Bible study. Oh yeah, you're right. And then lesson two was, okay, let's get you saved and get that Holy Spirit. Lesson three should be like, okay, this is how you should know. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even give me like when later. It's just a, ooh. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to find out. Uh, when you know what God is doing, then you know what you need to do. You need to join him. The moment you know God is doing something where you are, your life and his activity will be thrown in contrast to God and his activity. You cannot stay the same way you are and go with God. I think that's a fair point, but I think that that doesn't apply to just God. That applies to anything. You can't stand still in life and make any progress. You have to actively work on yourself and actively better yourself to make any progress and go anywhere. Okay, that is an excellent take on the crisis of belief thing that we talked about before, and this is getting into right here now. 
I don't know about you, but I mean, before and even up till now, it's just, why do you have to be tried so hard, like, to work along with God? But the examples I'm coming up with, like, I really should actually eat healthier. It's like, so that's kind of like a crisis of like a thing, but then that could technically be like, well, God wants you to be healthy, and so you have to do his thing. Right. It's hard because you can really flip that for God either way. On one hand, God wants you to be healthy. He wants you to treat your body like a temple. On the other hand, he also provided all this delicious junk food that is trash for us so that we could enjoy it. Oh, no, no. The devil made the junk food. Oh, I was never taught that. It was totally, totally justified in my household. Because it was, God bless these people to come up with this, you know? This is a, this is God's creation creating good things for us. He provided this for us to enjoy. (laughs) So we might as well enjoy. I think it was just an excuse to eat junk food and uh, eat shit that you shouldn't eat when you're diabetic. To justify it with your religion. Well, see, then maybe they were being tried. Like, oh, I made this really delicious food. You're diabetic can't have it so you're gonna have to see how good you can be at not having it and then just like enjoying it all the time it's like failing yeah i was gonna say she failed that one (laughs) (laughs) okay so the seven realities of experiencing god i don't know why i'm so coffee today you got dry mouth from the weed 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 i'm adding an h I think you're adding two H's. Oh, wheat. <laughs> wheat. Fuck the weed. wheat. We're just smoking We're just wheat smoking. now. <laughs> Smoke wheat every day. Let's see. Interesting. Complete the following to begin learning the seven realities. Oh. Use the text of the realities in the margin on page 21. Uh, so number one A, underline keywords or phrases that help you recall the seven realities. Oh, but why aren't we t- pulling stuff from a Bible and instead his, what he's come up with? Underline my words. Right. Study my words, not Jesus's words. Okay, how many does he want? Number one is called God's work. Let's see, God is always at work around you. So you're just in the middle of it. All right. Here, we'll do a round. God's work around. <laughs> God's work around. <laughs> I want that to be the name of something. I need a boat. That's a boat name. A boat? I've never wanted a boat in my life before. What a boat needs to be named God's work around. I feel like it needs to be a kayak. Why a kayak? Because <laughs> it'd be funny. Why? Because yeah. you could do up the kayak all fancy. Yeah, no, it's getting your way. Do you even it'd name kayaks? Hilarious. No, mean, that's no. why it would be so funny. No, no, it's got to be a boat. Okay, I don't even have to own the boat. I just want someone to like, that's a great name for a boat. I'm going to do that. I was totally going a different route with it because I was thinking like a band. Yeah, that could be like a... Feels like an album that the band would put out, but not the band yeah. name. Yeah. I mean, for a band name, that kind of sounds like butt rock. Butt rock. Yeah. 
they only sing about butts <laughs> no <laughs> and rocks <laughs> all i got all i got what? is nickelback it's not really butt rock no but that's the kind of sound that i imagine god's work around to have probably really? better than nickelback but you know that kind of that style it's a theory of a dead man Theory of a Dead Man. Interesting. Do they have that gasoline song? I have no idea. I don't know who that band is. Um, Interesting. Yep. This is God's workaround right here. Ah. Uh. Definitely. That's my imagining. Okay. I could see it. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, we did number one. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Relationship. Okay. We already know that God is like really honest for a relationship i don't know if what's gonna make us remember it better god pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal pursues and real number three invitation so god invites you to become involved with him in his work you know that's just an invitation i don't know what we need to underline there right number four god speaks by the holy spirit through the bible prayer circumstances and the church to reveal himself his purposes and his ways okay it's, it is a limited set here the holy spirit only works through those things uh, but circumstances is very broad yeah that's that's really all he needed to put was he speaks through circumstances yeah <laughs> number five the crisis of belief god's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action so faith and action number six adjust you must make major adjustments in your life to join god in what he is doing so major adjust major and number seven is obey and experience <laughs> this number seven of this doesn't have a period after it <laughs> that's funny uh, you come to know god by experience as you obey him and he accomplishes his work through you. Obey and you yeah. experience. Yeah. Like that's that's already the title. One B. Uh, write the keywords or phrases on the following lines. No. One uh, C. Slowly read each reality. Write in the margin questions about any of the realities you do not fully understand. We've already talked about that. One uh, D. Using only the words or phrases you recorded, see if you can mentally summarize all seven realities. Review before moving on to the next question. Yeah, memorize the stuff I came up with. Yep. Don't memorize Ooh. the Bible stuff. Yeah, hello. well, we, we have a, a, a weekly like verse or something for the unit. We gotta we gotta memorize. True, and keep true. that. I forgot but about that. Now we have to memorize seven of his things. Um. Oh yeah. On a separate sheet of paper, try writing each of the seven realities from memory. They do not have to be word for word, but they should cover the important information. Start with your keywords or phrases if that helps. Okay, I A think that might be fun to kind of do, but B, I'm not in the mood to do that right now. So, oh. Like, close we can get word for word or meaning for meaning or something. Maybe we'll check in and do that later. Uh, most of this course will focus on one or more of these realities to help you understand them more completely. Now, you may notice that I frequently repeat different aspects of this cycle. I use the repetition in different situations to help you learn how you can respond to God's activity in your life. See, in the assignment above, you could have selected various words or phrases. Yours may be different, but I chose God, work, love, relationship, 
involved with him. God speaks. Crisis of belief. Okay, those were both the titles. Adjustments. Obey. You may have asked questions like these. What is involved in a love relationship with God? Well, we already talked about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can I know when God is speaking? We haven't fully talked about that, I don't think. I don't think we have either. Because he says earlier in parentheses that I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. How do I know where God is at work? If you're a Christian already coming into this book, you just are already thinking that God is just doing stuff all around you. Just why not me? Yeah, yeah. I think that's it exactly. Why isn't God doing, like, why am I not receiving these gifts? Why am I not receiving these rewards when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Next one. Uh, What kinds of adjustments does God require me to make? Um, It says major life changing. Yeah. I mean, changing your life to a lifestyle that follows not only the teachings of Christ, but the teachings of the whole bible that's a major adjustment and that's what being a christian calls you to do that's what god calls you to do okay then the next one what is the difference between adjustment and obedience i think obedience is knowing that he has asked you to do this and just doing it adjustment is the actual transition period of becoming what he wants you to be let's see so as i've worked with people in many settings i've been asked questions like these i will answer as many questions as possible during the remaining units of this course richard and i will address other issues in the dvd messages that accompany this course i don't have the dvd sorry guys well now you're thinking well just get it online somewhere but i'm not worried about that yeah. 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 It, I don't. What I mean, this came out in the '90s. That's gonna be a real cheesy video. Yeah. Oh, that might be lovely to see, though. Maybe we should look it up on our own time. We still have to look up the musical. Oh, I forgot. There's a musical. Yeah. You're supposed to go to the library. <gasps> oh yeah. I'm kind of scared to go to the library. I haven't been to the library since COVID. I haven't either. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like right now. I have a better idea. I'm just going to use that app and see if it's on there so I can just digitally download it. <laughs> digitally borrow it, my yeah. bad. Oh, okay. Well, back to the... Uh, uh, we can identify three similarities in the lives of Bible characters through whom God worked. When God spoke, they knew it was God. They knew what God was saying. They knew what they were to do in response. Wouldn't you like for your walk with God to be such that he worked through you that way? He wants to move you into that kind of relationship. (laughs) I trust this course will help you grow in your understanding of God. So we're supposed to identify three Bible characters that... Oh, we're not supposed to pick them out. Oh, We're going to go through them. I thought, okay, yeah, I got you. uh, Moses' call and ministry are good examples of the way God worked with people in the Bible. Exodus 2-4, to it, it says 2-4, is that three chapters then? I think so. Yeah, that is three chapters. Wow. Now it describes his early life, oh, that makes sense, and called him ministry. Other passages of scripture 
also help us to see how Moses came to know and follow God's will. Using the seven realities, let's look at Moses' call and response. You may want to read Exodus 2 to 4 first. Um, <laughs> Exodus 2 is 25 verses. Exodus 3 is 22 verses. And then Exodus 4 is 31 verses. Okay. Well. That's a lot. And uh, that is not something I'm going to be uh, putting on this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. That's the limit. Reality number one. God was already at work around Moses. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Exodus 2, 23-25 Okay, God forgot about his people right there. He remembered mm -hmm. his covenant. He's like, oh, oh crap, what was happening with those guys? He's like, oh shit, I left this with the house on fire and the fire department can't get to the house. And I, I just, I didn't do anything with it. And now I have to deal with it. <laughs> or I was going to go back to the example you used in a previous day. Oh, it's like plants. He was just like, you know, he was going through his routine watering the plants and he hadn't watered this one in a while. And then he was like, oh, shit, this is about to die. I better, you know, take care of it. Yes. Fuck. I promised I would. This was the plant this person gave me, you know? <laughs> I really got to take care of it. And it's, it's an important plant. I made a promise that, to this dude. <laughs> but it doesn't... You can only remember to arrive or you can remember something you forgot. Yes. Based on the context of the story, it did not feel like something was planned and he remembered no. to go there, you know? No, not in this context. Absolutely not. Which means he forgot. Yeah. Therefore, Unless he's not... he just planned to, you know, torture them for a while to be like, hey, see how bad... <laughs> Listen to me. Okay, so there's that theory. So either he's not perfect because he forgot or he's not perfect because he felt the need to torture them and let them suffer for as long as they did uh -huh. and make them beg for mercy, which is fucked up. And all signs point to the, the, the second one. Yeah. The second imperfect. The first imperfect is just like any person living on their self. Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot this. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's just a God trying to learn his way. The second one is a God that has become bitter at his god's or his god world wherever he is god world <laughs> oh my god what god world is like this amusement park in the sky dude <laughs> it's in outer space it's not on a planet it's floating through outer space and you have to like get there through this shuttle and then you, you know you have the shuttle to like... is shaped like a cross yes the shuttle is shaped like a cross and it has like this penetration point onto the, the <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like you know like a docking station where you it docks onto yeah. to God World and and a then the penetration point. <laughs> I'm trying instead of a dock. Yeah, I guess it made sense in my head because I was like the 
it goes into the other ship. It's a, it's penetrating the other ship. Oh, no. Um. Anyways, then the people, the people who are on the cross-shaped shuttle, they get there, and then they get off, and then they they then they get here, and it's like this whole fucking amusement park, and it's just filled with like Bible stories, and the aliens are dressed up like Bible characters, and you get you get a Mary, and she's got like this weird melon. <laughs> In her shirt, <laughs> and it's like tied up to, to hold it up, and it's a whole like, it, instead of like it's a small world after all, it's the birth of Jesus, you know, and so it's like that kind of a ride, but it just goes through the whole Christmas story. You the have whole to be, they have to be in little mangers. In yes, ride. yes, 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 yes. It's all single file. I keep pumping this. It's all single file, so it's one person per manger. <laughs> wonderful it's wonderful so that's just one of the rides but there's also like the elevator to hell the elevator <laughs> you know which is kind of like um oh shit what's that ride called at disney tower of terror yeah it's like tower of terror style you know but it's the elevator would they really have that in there yeah you know just to remind you just to remind you, well, remind who's you what gonna ride can it do. who's gonna ride it though Everybody's going to ride it because they want the thrill. It's a fucking amusement park. Come on. <laughs> and it would be a fun joke. I was super the dark humor type of Christian, too. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go to hell. Well, I don't know if we can say anything more about those verses than they say themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty yeah. blunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, reality, too. God pursued a continuing love relationship with Moses that was real and personal. God took the initiative to come to Moses and initiate a love relationship with him at the burning bush. Heck yeah. Wait, why did he wait so long? Like, didn't God favor him the whole time? Like, oh, make him a little basket so he can live and let him grow up in the palace so that he can be learned. And um, Yeah. Yeah, he had it pretty easy compared to most at the time. <laughs> uh-huh. He definitely had God's favor. It just wasn't acknowledged until, you know, an angel appeared before him at a bush that was on fire. So God told Moses he would go with him into Egypt. Many texts throughout Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy illustrate the way God pursued a continuing love relationship with Moses. Here is one example. Okay, let's see. Let's see the way he pursues. Uh, The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commands I have written for their instruction. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. Moses entered the cloud as he went on up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Exodus 24, 12, 15 to 16, and 18. (laughs) Okay, he has given him a lot of context of like, direction of what you are doing. He is telling Moses what he's doing, yeah, and how to do it, when and where. On top of that, I still don't understand how this is God pursuing a love relationship. This it's is obedience. He wants to share his knowledge. These are. That's not how it feels to me, though. It definitely is like, all right. This is what you're supposed to do. Do this thing for me, okay? All right. 
Okay, bye. He hired a scribe. Pretty much. Yeah, so I mean, Moses just listened to it. That's nothing about him pursuing anymore. And then, okay, he cut out, what What was 17 again? Uh, now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in sight of the people of Israel. Okay, that's not even like a anything else with pursuing. It's just like, oh, hey, yeah, I told you to come here. Here I am. Yeah, he was like, by the way, I'm fucking fire. I want <laughs> all of you up. to see me. <laughs> Get on up here, boy. (laughs) Did I mention I'm on fucking fire? I need everyone in Israel to see me. Because I'm fucking fire, bro. Maybe Moses just knew at this time of year the sun lines up perfectly with it. And then, like, it does a weird light thing. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna check it out. Because nobody else is. (laughs) It's my time. And he got stuck on a mountain. (laughs) He's like, oh, I don't know if I can climb down this. Eventually, he's like, I gotta get down. Yeah. But how? Oh, no. (laughs) He was chiseled on a stone by hand. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dang, that would take so long. It would. 40 days and 40 nights, particularly. But, I mean, it's always about Moses, but there, didn't we say before, like, two other people came with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moses so rose with his assistant Joshua. And her, or whatever, whoever that was. Behold, Aaron and her are with you. I think that means more in her H U R. Oh. Her Bible, also spelled Jer, was a companion of Moses and Aaron in the Hebrew Bible. He was a member of the tribe of Judah. His identity remains unclear in the Torah of itself. So he had help to carve those. Maybe they were the ones carving it, and he was just sitting there like, Ah, thou shall not kill. Yeah. Goose fabra. <laughs> or maybe... He ends everyone with that. <laughs> or, I mean, they are just very thinking like, okay, what are the most important things? We can't get too many things. No one's going to remember them. How are we going to keep these people in line? Because there's a bunch of them, and they're very unruly. Yeah. We got to make them listen, and we got to tell them God said so, so make it good. Let's see. Uh, we, reality three, the last one. God invited Moses to become involved with him in his work. I have come down to rescue them, the Israelites, from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Exodus 3, 8, and 10. What was that? Um, And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. So that's like he wasn't aware of it. Like his cries right there, like obviously he's not hearing all the individual prayers. It took like a lot of them to be able to then reach him to be like, oh, Okay, now I, I, I'm remembering this. They're going to come back and get you out of here or something. Yeah, otherwise he would have remembered on the first one, you know, which would have happened probably early in. You or know? he wouldn't have had to remember at all. They're his chosen people. Right, because isn't God supposed to be with you all the time, not yeah. just when large groups pray? I mean, that's when the Holy Spirit's with you. But that's also God. Yes, but God is, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I, I don't remember where it is in the Bible, but it defines the holy spirit being being part of a a gathering or a group or whatever if there's 
like the hive cluster. I don't, I don't know. It's like three or more people. It's like really specific, oddly specific. But the Holy Spirit is in the, that presence when there's like a group of three or more people. It present it's something in the presence of the Lord. And I have never heard that. And then how come it's my church two focused sexes. on that? Why wouldn't there be three sexes? And then you have to have a triad. To get the three people, if God designed it that way, no, it was that was more in like, it was more in the context of like groups and like small groups and stuff like that. Like you need more than two people. Hmm. Two people isn't enough for a small group. Activity two: answer the following questions about the three preceding statements. Two uh, a reality one: What was God already doing for Israel? Like, nothing. I don't... They groaned, cried out, God heard them, remembered his covenant with Abraham and I, with Isaac and with Jacob. So then he looked at the Israelites. So he was already having a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right. what he was already oh, doing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, okay. 2B, reality 2. What evidence demonstrates God wanted a real and personal relationship with Moses? Come meet me on a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to get away from it all. <laughs> He's like, fuck this man. This is all bullshit. I need to go to the mountain. Find God. This is all bullshit. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. He needs to do it. That's what he told the people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking do it anymore. This town's fucking crazy and I'm pulling all the weight. Oh. 2C. Reality 3. How did God want to involve Moses in the work he was already doing? So was God... Okay, God made the laws and commandments, but he couldn't write them down, so he needed physical hands to carve them into stone and give them to someone. Yeah, which is silly, because God can do anything, right? Yeah. So why can't he just, you know, create the stone with it written into it? Mm-hmm. We have crazy landmarks that look like boobs and that look like <laughs> sorry that was the first thing that came to mind how you said it <laughs> they look like boobs and like faces and like crazy random things that are very intricate and detailed and they're just naturally occurring and you're telling me he can't just make these words happen well i've heard it both ways where like he had he, god told him that's what he's saying here and he wrote it and then also that god just gave him the tablets kind of thing like already done Mm. but why is he up there for 40 days and 40 nights that's my thing okay because i was actually honing in on that um because i grew up with the understanding i don't know necessarily that this is what was taught to me but my understanding of the story is he went up to the mountain and i have like this visual in my head of him holding up these tablets and there's like lightning strike on it and that's like god writing it out oh yeah they've totally put that in like a coloring books and things for kids yeah, yeah like that's, that's how i see it yeah that's how i've always envisioned it but then i was like 40 days and 40 nights why would he have maybe that's how long it took him to journey up the mountain but and no get it's back down yeah Let's, i uh, thought i worded on. it that he said that he uh stayed at the top of the Let's, mountain moses time. entered the cloud and he went up the mountain and he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights that's unclear he could just on the mountain yeah at the top like that's true. Okay. Um, so 20 days to get up and 20 days to get down. How, how many days is it to go up Everest? 
I don't know, but also how old was he at this time? You look that up. I'll look up the average. Yeah, I was gonna say because people lived a long time back then, right? Yeah, they always uh, yeah they lived just so much longer. Oh, it takes about two months to climb Mount Everest. Oh wow! Wow, it's still loading. Okay, so I mean, yeah, smaller mountain, of course. So yeah, that's completely reasonable. He was around eighty at that time. And yeah, of course, it took him a long time to get up there. Yeah, I was thinking, like, he was probably pretty old. Mm-hmm. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. Therefore, Moses was at least 80 years old at the Red Sea and at Sinai when he received the Ten Commandments from the Lord. Wait, we could look up Mount Sinai. Oh, look interesting. look up what that looks like today. Okay, so yeah, we, we, we have... We know where it approximately is, and they're probably just arguing it's a different hill or something. Yeah. So, yeah, they're wandering around here in the desert area of the Israelites. That was confusing me. And it's Mount Sinai is, like, very much in the center. So then he'd have to, like, walk up through all this just to get there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, like... But, I mean, he could be on any of these tops. Perhaps we know it's there. I'm not sure about that. But, yeah. We don't know that it was the true top of the mountain. Uh huh. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, I get really into the little specifics. Oh, yeah. I love the details. Okay, yeah, we, we answered C. So, wait, he's going to tell us the answers now. Oh. I believe. One, God had a purpose. He was accomplishing in Moses' world. Even though Moses was in exile in the desert, he was on God's schedule. In the fullness of God's timing, in the middle of God's will. Okay, so God's will looks like you doing nothing. He's forcing you to just do nothing and wander around right now. It's not that he's not using you. He is using you. Right. Well, that's going back to another day that we had talked about this previously. Yeah. We were basically on standby. We kind of do our thing. And we're on standby, and when God tells us to do something, we drop everything and do it. Well, this is sounding more than just standby. Because he's saying, like, him wandering around and being in exile was what God wanted him to do. Yeah. Do that. Like, that's not just standby. Well, and I feel like that's the point that I was trying to make back then, too, is you're not truly on standby at any point. Because if you're living this life that God wants you to live, he's already like maneuvered you down this path so your standby is a standby but like you're not living your life to your life you're living your life to what you think god would want you to Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah you're on standby but you've sold your soul to this guy (laughs) you know like your life isn't yours Uh, when god was about to deliver the children of israel the important factor was not god's will for moses critical truth was god's will for israel i don't know how it answers what was god already doing for israel he had a plan that's what it sounds like he just had a plan yeah and i mean they were protected because they were his people they were abraham's people right yeah so he had a covenant to protect them number two god's purpose was to deliver the children of israel Moses was the one through whom God wanted to work to accomplish his purposes. So we don't hear about the ones that 
denied God, though. No, we don't. Because how do you know Moses was first choice? Maybe he picked someone else. They're like, I'm not going up that mountain. Or he they get to the mountain. Like, this is why you need me here? I'm leaving. I have never thought of that. Not, not what me. if what if he had somebody else picked before Moses and they were just like, fuck this shit. And then he what if that happened several times? What if Mary wasn't the first? What if somebody else was supposed to have Jesus? And they were all like, no, absolutely not. What would happen, though? Because maybe would she have to do some pagan spell to get this baby out of her? Pretty <laughs> much. Her she'd, be like, she'd be like, we have to figure out some. Some way to get this thing out of me. Mm-hmm. What's that one herb again? <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Time and again, God invited Moses to talk with him and to be with him. God initiated and maintained a growing relationship with Moses. This relationship was based on love, and God daily fulfilled his purposes through his friend Moses. Parentheses. For other examples of the love relationship, see Exodus 33, 7 to 34 10 and numbers 12 6 to 8 because i'm all cocooned here would you be willing to get this dizzies oops oh lemon pie that's the one i want by snoop it is lemon pie from leaves <laughs> by snoop that's what it says Let's see what Snoop's got. I'm expecting a lot now. Yeah, yeah. The bar's been, like, raised real high. Uh Okay. So, uh, whenever God prepares to do something, he reveals to a person or his people what he is going to do. See Amos 3, 7. For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. Oh, okay. Now, he's just... He's just slowly, like, revealing this statement to us. So it's like, okay, yeah, no, the Lord doesn't tell you anything. But the Lord tells you something if you're a prophet. Right. Like him. He's a prophet because he's spreading this book around. Right. So he's a servant. Mm-hmm. So he got it revealed to him. Yeah. But it wouldn't the goal to become a prophet... That's like the highest level in religion, like, you know, for zealots or whatever. Yeah, prophet or high minister, you know? Yeah, so, well, I think prophet is more of like a general thing than, I don't know. I, yeah, I just said I it's just... a high rank, but I, I feel like it's a rank, but a general thing because evangelist, like. I understand what you mean. I guess my mind yeah. just goes to, like, missionaries when I think of prophets. I mean, they. They would be that they're a, a more general term is evangelist, but the prophet's the one in the Bible. But that's who they are. Well, let me yeah. get more specific. <clears throat> I think of like missionaries who go overseas and help out, you know, in other countries. But according to this, a pastor in a church is also a prophet. Yeah. 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 They're a servant of God. So he only reveals his plans to his prophets. But the way to be a prophet is to tell other people about God and his plans. But you don't yet know what his plans are when you start doing that. So it gets revealed to you 
and it's revealed that this plan is just that it's multi-level marketing you got to just have more people i'm looking up the definition of a prophet because i feel like this is there's too many hypotheticals here biblical definition of a prophet oh that's that's the proper thing to use yeah Oh, by the way, Mount Sinai has like a 4.7 reviews on Google. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All them Christians love it. I don't think they're going there. No, but you know, (laughs) my mom is also the type of person who's like, oh, Mount Sinai, five stars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Creation Museum, five stars. Okay, let's see. Wonderful. Breathtaking. Priceless. Must see. Will return. Feel greatness. Meditates there 40 days and my inner peace refresh. <laughs> this looniest mountain desert place for historical prophetic. Love to go there soon. <laughs> Must seen. Okay. Where's Palston? <laughs> one star. I can't find one. Oh my god. God made ten commandments for Moses. Five stars. Okay, I have I have some interesting things here to read okay, to you I'm sorry. about Go. prophets. Okay, so this is according to dictionary.com. I know I was looking up the biblical one, but that was really difficult to find on a reliable source. <laughs> um, so prophet is a noun, a person who speaks for God or a deity or by divine inspiration. That's the first definition. The Old Testament definition, a person who is chosen to speak for God to guide the people of Israel. Uh, and it also says Moses was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. That is a bold claim. It is. Well, maybe we just have the most about him. One of a band of ecstatic visionaries <laughs> claiming divine inspiration and according to popular belief, possessing magical powers. It's also a person who foretells or predicts what is to come. Yeah, they, they do that too. Definition number four is the prophet Muhammad, the founder of Islam. Mm. <laughs> Just, that, that is the definition. <laughs> what if Jesus was the one guy figured out time travel and he never was able to get back so that's why there's no more and so he's just trying to live his life and like like no well, let's speed this yeah no he, he was from the future he was like man y'all are primal we need to all chill take a breath here uh-huh. talk to my dad y'all want to <laughs> meet god he had wonders of the future and he was really he, really he was just like I have to live back in this time. Uh-huh. You bet your ass I'm going to be high in the desert all day. All damn day. Yeah. I, I have to move on to the next one because I'm excited about this one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go on. I'm, I'm done. Um, so another definition for a prophet is a person who practices divination. Now... This might be a bit of a stretch, but I view prayer as divination because you're communing with a, with a deity. You're speaking to a god. That's divination. So, 
by that definition, anyone who prays to God is a prophet. So what form of prophet should like? I think a solid understanding of the word prophet for this book here and going forward is a person who speaks truths of God and the Bible and spreads the word of God to other people. I think that is what we can consider a prophet. Are you teaching about God and teaching about the word of God? Am I teaching about God and the the, the word of God? A little. There were kind of prophets. And now any any Christian viewers at, at, or listeners at this point are saying that you know we're false prophets yeah. but i mean well, to each their no, own we are false prophets i will lean into that yeah we're, we're, we're teaching that what you have learned is false we're anti-prophets <laughs> yes oh my god i'm so excited we're we're the rebel prophets <laughs> did we get a leather vest yes <laughs> oh <gasps> oh i have cosplay ideas we need to talk cosplay later. Okay. Okay, so we can get back to this. I, I said, like, we could hurry up and, and do this. We got one sentence and a verse in. Yeah, God accomplishes his work through his people. Oh, oh just his people now. Oh. That's what Henry says. Uh, this is the way God will work with you. The Bible is designed to help you understand God's ways. Then when God starts to act in that manner in your life, you will recognize that it is he who is working. Oh, okay, he's going back for reruns. Yes, he is. This is a two-part lesson, so we will continue with statement four tomorrow. This two-part lesson will be summarized at the end of day five. So, what was the most meaningful statement or scripture you read today? Hmm... I think mine was just that God remembered. Just that. Can you elaborate why that was meaningful to you or like what that meant to you? Because it's just like blatant proof right in there that God forgets. Yes. He's not perfect. Yes. Okay. Because he totally like didn't pay attention to his people, the people he promised to protect and take care of until... They were crying out to him. Like, he also calls them, you know, like his children. They're his people. They're his children. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of a parent waits until all of their children are at their their absolute wit's end before they even acknowledge them? What parent would do that? That's awful. He needs to go to a parenting class. He needs to read some parenting books because he's doing, like, not a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where he's been all this time. I hope so. And that's why he's like, oh, we'll come back and we'll be better. But then that sounds like one of the things where it's like, okay, maybe we'll be better for a week, but then it's going to go back again. Sounds like dad went to go get some milk from the store and never came home. Oh. <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know where he went. He's been gone for a while. Have you seen the world? It's trying to, you know, burn itself down. Okay, honestly... One of my biggest takeaways was how the author used the example of God telling Moses to go up the mountain, and he did that. 
they use that as an example of God building a relationship. Yeah. I don't like that. And that really stood out to me negatively. Why not? That's just encouraging more abusive relationship behavior. Because the expectation for that relationship is... For my love, you have to do what I say. That is a toxic relationship. And that is instilling that toxic behavior into your idea of normal. So if you're in a relationship and somebody treats you that way down here on earth, you know, you're not going to see that that's a problem. You're not going to see that as abuse. Mm-hmm. You're going to just think that's normal because that's what God would do. So why would that be bad? Mm-hmm. You know, just listen to me. Oh, okay. Um, that's another Dirty head song. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. <laughs> Look both ways before you cross the line. Yeah. It's the lyrics, man. Sounds kind of cheesy. You're cheesy. I like cheese. That's why you're so cheesy. You're so full of cheese. So that's the Bible study. The Bible study. See you, pals. Catch you later. Hey, buddies. Mary here. If today's episode sparked something for you or you have questions for us, send us an email at thehighpriestbiblestudy at gmail.com. You can stay up to date on new episodes and merch releases through Instagram or check us out on Facebook if that's more your style at The Hybel Study. That's at the H-I-G-H-B-L-E study. Just to keep you on your toes, find us on Twitter at The Hybel Study. That's spelled the H-I-B-L-E study. Check out our subreddit r slash the high priest for references to some things that we've talked about in various episodes as well as some memes we also have a threadless shop shop.thehighpriest.show there's almost always new merch popping up there so be sure to check back regularly or if you want to just make it all that much more simple all of these links are on our website thehighpriest.show every link i've already mentioned as well as some different platforms that you can listen to the show on Rate us and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. And don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified of new episodes directly from the platform that you listen on. Besides, it's that much easier to share with your friends when it's at the top. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next episode.